Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to this episode of Simply Christ. This is the podcast where we are exploring the spiritual realm. And this is really about looking at the spiritual life, how we live and the way that Jesus would want us to live, kind of separate ourselves from the world of religion and churchianity and Christendom. And what I mean by Christendom is just kind of this framework, the shell in which we often define Christianity, whether it be by some type of church attendance or even by just some kind of moral living. And we really look at these concepts through a lens of the way Jesus viewed the world. It's all based upon living in the Spirit, because that's what Jesus promises, all right? He promised us not a book. He didn't promise us a whole bunch of list of regulations. He promised us a spirit, and the spirit is what's really going to guide us into making our decisions and viewing reality. It's examining life in the spiritual realm. We're, we're filtering life, everything, through a spiritual lens. And that's very difficult to understand at times because we have a society and a religious community, a religious viewpoint in the West, and I'm not saying that everything in the East is so much better, but I am saying that here in the West, we tend to examine things, rate things, and value things based upon status, or a person is seen how popular they are, well, or sometimes how much money they have or whatever. We tend to view things that way. We find that in prosperity gospels that promise us how much riches we can have, how popular maybe a pastor or a preacher is. That has nothing to do with any of that, and that took me a very long time to discover and to really come to grips with is that our spiritual life is not dictated by our popularity of our ministry or our popularity of anything. Jesus started off with 12 disciples, one betrayed him, the rest of them abandoned him in the garden, only one of them went up to the cross with him, John with his mother, and then the rest went and hid. And, you know, just the day before Jesus went up to be executed, he had lots Lots of people saying, hey, we follow you, we follow you. And then the next thing you know, they're calling for him to be executed. And Jesus knew that. It didn't come as a surprise to him. So how was he able to handle it? Because he viewed what reality is in the spiritual realm. And the spiritual realm is where everything really, it's where its foundation is. It's where everything is because the world is all going to pass. I was watching a, a video just a little bit ago about an old church that some guy found. I don't think he found it, but he's an explorer and he kind of goes into this old church that was in central France somewhere. You walk in, it was all abandoned and maybe had been abandoned for maybe 20, 30, 40 years, whatever. And, you know, you look at it and you think that all the things that took place now is just a shell of a building. So we ask ourselves, what really matters? What lasts? Well, it's the spiritual realm that lasts. That's what lasts. And, and this is what we want to do here on this, this podcast. We want to examine life in that realm because it is so deep. There are so many things that God reveals to me that I want to share one day, and I use some of that here in our podcast, what we talk about. So sometimes if I seem to belabor a point, it's because there are things that I feel God has asked me to share, and these things that I think God is asking me to share, well, I'm quite convinced of it, are going to help us to deal with life and the difficulties and the circumstances that we may face. And sometimes we may listen to them and say, oh, that doesn't really impact me. Well, it may not impact us right now, but it's a message for somebody, or it's something that's going to 
maybe impact you at a later time. Let's continue to what we were looking at. And in the last several, quite a few really episodes, we've been looking at discouragement. How do we deal with discouragement? I don't like just taking one topic and just leaving it in one podcast. That's like wrapping up everything in life in one 30-minute podcast, okay? That's that's not even practical. You know, it's like trying to convince people the spiritual realm in one 30-minute lesson. It just can't be done that way. And even Jesus talks about that when he says people who are born in the Spirit, they're like the wind. You don't know where they're going, where they're coming from. In other words, it's mysterious. It's it's something that the Spirit directs when and how and where the Spirit chooses. And it's not done in just 30 minutes, okay? It's a lifetime. It's an eternal thing. It's what continues on with us into eternity. So the last time we looked at discouragement, and this is something that I think a lot of people deal with, whether it be work, whether it be their spiritual lives that they're trying to grow, whether it may be a relationship, maybe anything that you can imagine that you're dealing with discouragement, there's a lot of reasons for that. And there are a lot of ways to overcome them. And we looked at some of the areas where we need to to maybe look at renewing our mind. We looked at, you know, in one of our past ones, how do we renew our mind? And really, that's where it comes down to. It's a foundation of renewing the way we think. That is so crucial because it says in Romans 8, for those who are of the flesh are mindful of the flesh, and those who are of the spirit are mindful of the spirit. So, What Paul is telling us, and you can go back and listen to that podcast, go back and look at the rundown, you can tell which one it is, but you'll be able, uh, when we look at life rather in the right way, we are able to distinguish what is truth and what isn't truth. Because the person who is always dealing with things of the flesh, well, their mind is going to be set on the flesh, so they can't discern anything or filter anything out except through the flesh. You know, it's like a person who goes out with a fishing net with full of holes. If they're going to go into the sea, it doesn't matter how many times they drag the ocean looking for fish. The amount of fish that they're going to get is going to be limited to by the number of holes they have or the amount of fresh netting, I should say, they have. That's what's going to determine whether they catch. If your net is full of holes, is my point, you're not going to come back with a lot of fish. Yet, if our minds are controlled by the Spirit, then we are going to determine things through a spiritual lens. We're going to filter everything out through the Spirit. Very much the same way. If we go trying to grab fish with a net that is fully mended with no holes, we're going to grab more fish than the person with holes in their net, right? This is common sense. It's just basic basic sense. In a world today with not much common sense, that maybe isn't as much, right? If we're going to understand life, we've got to look at it in the spiritual sense. That's always looking at it in that way. It doesn't mean that you have to sit on the mountaintop in some position and or go do yoga or something like that. No, that that's not what that's pseudo spirituality, okay? What it means is that we filter things through the spirit. We're listening to the spirit. And that is what we talked about in one of our last podcasts, is establishing that time for listening, looking at a time in which we are, well, going to listen to the Spirit. And that is important because in John chapter 16, I don't want to go back and go through everything, but let's just tie this into the next one here. You can go back to listen to the last podcast. It says, when the Spirit of truth comes, I will give you... I will guide you unto, or he will guide you unto all truth. This is John 16, 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you unto all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Okay? 
We like to think about the things that are to come. Oh, here comes the end of the world. Is the president the Antichrist? Is this earthquake another sign of the end times? I mean, and there's there's crazy stuff out there. Uh, I don't mean to offend anybody if you believe in this, but if you see a weird cloud on a mountain, it's not the sign of the end of the world. It's a certain kind of cloud that comes off of the a mountain and is formed when moisture meets that cold air, all that kind of thing, okay? And the reason I say that is because there's a huge following right now on the internet where there's people seeing these lenticular clouds, I think they're called, and they're saying, oh, it's a UFO that's hiding behind it. And then they tied it in times. This is just not true, okay? It's just a basic cloud, all right? Any pilot can tell you what it is. This is not what Jesus is talking about when he says the things that are to come. These are not only the things that are to come, possibly, the future of the things, but more importantly, the things that are to come for your life, the things that are to come, the things that are to happen. The, he will declare to you the things that are to come, meaning he's going to reveal to you the things in your life that are happening, why they're happening, and how to deal with them. It's that conversion, that con- conversation rather with the Spirit. That's what he's telling us to do, and that's what this is. That's why I talk many times to people, and they just, and this is Christians, they, they just don't like the idea of listening to the Spirit. They really don't. To them, it's something that is borderlining on psychic or some type of weird New Age thing. But I don't understand it because that's exactly what Jesus promises us. Not the New Age spiritual, you know, psychic stuff, but the things of hearing from the Spirit. This this isn't, we shouldn't be surprised at this. We shouldn't be alarmed if we hear a voice telling us something, then it says it might be from God. Listen to it. Why not? Might actually be from God, right? I mean, that's how the early church did it. We're not any different. And in fact, in our generation, we need to hear more of those. I would love sometimes to talk, maybe sometime on a podcast, more about how different people hear from the Spirit. That that would be really interesting to do. But right now, what I want to do is I want to move on to the next one. And this is the one where we're going to wrap it up and we're going to move on to some different ideas. And that is responding to the Spirit's prompting at night. Now, you may be saying, well, why at night? That's very important because Jesus talks about some of those things. And I want to return right now to Mark chapter 1, verse 34 through 35. Jesus is out healing many people, and he's dealing with a lot of different people. But Jesus had to break away from the crowds. But listen to what takes place here. Again, Mark chapter 1, 34 through 35. This is from the Aramaic Scriptures. And he healed many, the ones who were evilly afflicted or evilly uh, brought into bondage with various diseases and sicknesses. And he cast out many demons and didn't allow the demons that they should speak on account that he had become known to them. Now listen to the next verse. And in the morning he rose much beforehand, in other words, long before daybreak, and departed into a secluded place and was there praying. That is a very interesting verse here because Jesus gets up in the morning, early in the morning to pray. Now, let's look at another passage of scripture here. Luke chapter 6, verses 12 through 13. Now it happened in those days, Yeshua, or Jesus, went out into a mountain to pray, and there he spent the night in the prayer of God. Were you seeing a trend here? Yeah, I thought so. And then in verse 13, and when it was dawn, He called his disciples or students and chose 12 from them, those he named the sent ones. Ooh, I like that name, don't you? That sounds kind of mysterious, doesn't it? We always hear the word, the disciples, the apostles. But you look at it in the Aramaic, it says the sent ones. 
That sounds like some movie, doesn't it? Like, that'd be a perfect name for a movie. In fact, who knows? Maybe there is one out there called that. But the scent ones, it's it has an air of something deep, something out of this world. And it should be because this is what this is all about. It's an out-of-this-world experience that we have with God. And it takes a long time sometimes to let it seep into our minds and stick there. But the entire point I want us to get here is that Jesus spent much of his time at night praying to God. Now, why is that? I really don't know the reasons why per se, okay? I can't say, well, at this hour, this is what happens. I don't know, and I don't even know if there is an answer. All I do sense to know, and this is just my opinion and my experience, is that the deepest conversations I have tend to take place at night with God. When we think about Jesus going or getting up in the morning to go pray, we often think about him getting up and going to a mountain and starting off with dear God and thank you for everything you've given me, bless me, your sons, those kind of things, and that he talks and talks and talks for three or four hours. Prayer is conversation with God. And when we're conversing with God, that turns into a very long discourse, or it can. Many times people have difficulty praying. They say, well, I can't pray very long. I can only pray five or 10 minutes. Well, one of the reasons is, is possibly because we're always talking and not listening, right? After a while, it does get tired if we're always talking. We never listen. But at night, what I have found many, many times in my life is I'll wake up in the middle of the night. I'll not really so much have a thought, but I'll I have a prompting. From this prompting, God will say, okay, I want you to get up and let's talk. And it's sometimes it's those words. You know, why don't you get up and let's go talk? And I'll lay in bed and I go, ah, oh, it's kind of comfortable in this bed right now, God. And I really don't want to get up. It's kind of warm. It's really cold outside, but you know, I don't want to get up and go sit on the couch. Now It doesn't sound crazy. Here's God, the creator of the universe, saying, hey, why don't you get up and let's talk? And I'm saying, no, I like this cozy bed. Isn't that kind of dumb on my part? What if you got a call from the most famous person in the world, the the most famous person that you can think of that you admire, and this person calls you up and says to you, hey, let's get up and talk. I'd really like to talk to you right now. I'd like to spend time with you and talk with you. What would you do? Nah, I'm kind of tired right now. I like this cozy bed. Maybe some other time. No, we would jump up. Our eyes would be wide open and we would say, yeah, you better believe I will. In fact, where are you at? I'll catch a I'll catch a ticket right now and I'll fly out to wherever you are. We'll sit around and talk. That's what we would do. But yet when the creator of this universe, and I mean the creator of this universe, the creator of a star that is so big that we can't even, that you can put billions and billions of earths into it, And that star itself is the smallest thing that's just a blip in the whole expanse of of the universe. Talks to us and says, we want to talk. We go, eh, I'm tired right now. Yeah, I'd like to. That is the flesh. That is fleshly way of thinking. Remember Jesus when he was in the garden of Gethsemane and all, you know, he goes out to pray and he tells them, hey, would you stay up with me at night? And they try to, but they fall asleep. And Jesus says, wow, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's the flesh talking. Our flesh, our maybe our desires, our laziness, even just our flesh itself, our you know bodies, but just a fleshly thinking, a worldly thinking keeps us from doing that. But what I have found is that when I obey that and when I'm listening to that, what takes place then 
is God and I will have a conversation and some of the deepest things will take place. And then it makes me think, what in my life have I missed out on God in all of my years because I was too lazy to get up at night when he prompted me to do something? When I do have those conversations, the reward that I get is absolutely stunningly remarkable. Answers to lifelong questions have come from God after I've gotten up in the middle of the night and sit there and have a discussion and a talk with him. And before you know it, an hour and a half, two hours has passed, and it's like, well, where'd that time go? Well, the time goes because you're having a discussion with God. Nighttime seems to be a time where God likes to work in. And I'm just going to guess here, okay, this is just my opinion. I think it's because throughout the day we're getting bombarded with everything. We're getting calls at work, dealing with kids, dealing with this. But even in our quiet times during the day, our senses are always getting bombarded. And at night, when everything goes down to a low key to where we're asleep, God says, hey, you have time to talk? Now's a good time. Yet we say no, we don't. Respond to the Spirit's promptings at night. If we want to grow in our relationship with God and deal with the discouragement that we may face and the discouragement that we do face, Maybe it's a work problem that you're dealing with. Maybe, you know, you're dealing with a situation at work where you really don't know how to handle it and you feel so frustrated and angry and, hey, I've been there even lately, you know, and you get discouraged from it. When we listen to God and he prompts us and we get up at night, or we don't want to get up at night, but he's asking us to do that. He's telling us, hey, I've got an answer for you on this and I want to give you the answer. When we do it, the reward is there and we say, well, why didn't I do this before? See, God wants to reward us, but God is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. God, I'm discovered, at least in my life, doesn't reward individuals who spend no time searching for him. We have this idea. God is just going to drop down and just bless us all the time, and we don't have to do anything whatsoever. Now, yes, he does bless us, even when we don't ask him for it. Don't misunderstand. But God is a rewarder of whom? Those who diligently seek him. It doesn't say God is just a rewarder. God's reward of those who diligently seek him. And diligently seeking him means that we have to have the self-discipline in our life that in the middle of the night, when you wake up and you feel a prompting, use it, take it. Don't don't second guess it. I'm going to tell you right now, if you feel that God is moving you and you wake up in the middle of the night and you've got something on your mind even, you go talk to God and listen to God. Talk to him and listen and wait for the response and see what happens. Things will become so much clearer. Answers will be given to you. And it may not be the answer you want to hear, but it's the answer we need to hear. And it all comes from spending time listening. Why did Jesus do it? Right? I mean, this is the Son of God. He doesn't have to do it, right? Wrong. If he did it, don't we have to do it? If Jesus has this close communion with his Father, should we not have it? And why do you think Jesus had good closeness with his Father? It's because he spent time with his Father. (laughs) You know, the, the more I get into it and the more I see the simplicity of it, the more I kick myself because I'm too dumb to see it in the past that, you know, I'm always looking for this and it's some deep formula. No, it's simple. Just go talk to him. Go hear from them. Well, we, we, we can't do that. We can't do that. You know, we, do, we don't do that in our church. Well, maybe you should. Maybe you should start spending time listening to God. Why? Because that's what he wants to do. 
If your God is, if, if your church is telling you not to listen to God in those ways, go ahead and listen to God, okay? <laughs> All right, God is wanting to connect with you. He's wanting to talk to you. And that many times takes place at night. When the Spirit is talking to us, He approaches us and He talks to us and says, hey, listen to me. I want to talk to you. I want to bring things to you. So again, listen to the Spirit promptings at night. It's one of the best times that God will speak to you and some of the biggest questions or answers to your questions we'd be given. We'll talk with you on the next podcast where we talk about scriptures and how to approach it. Until next time, God bless. 